Welcome in Slumpbusters. It's time for the Slumpbuster Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Juju Talk Sports, joined of course by Drew Hangaba, and we are ready to fill you in on everything you need to know heading into fantasy football week number four. But before we do that, folks, it's time to give a shout out to our partner, Caveman Coffee Co. Caveman is a fantastic single source, single origin goodness from a company with impeccable taste and ethics. The people behind it are beautiful souls, and the coffee is delicious fuel for the never-ending quest to do better, be better, love harder, and enjoy deeper. Guys, I tell you, their Nitro Cold Brew is the perfect blend of energy and refreshment in the morning. Great way to start the day. But why stop there? They have their Mammoth Blends, which I highly encourage you getting. They have their Hibiscus Teas, which are delicious. And guys, if you use our promo code SLUMP, you get 15% off your next purchase of any of these fantastic products cavemancoffeeco.com promo code slump guys don't be a chump use promo code slump and get yourself a case today all right y'all juju talk sports drew hagenbaugh slump buster ffb let's get it let's bust a slump and let's enjoy all right drew are you ready i'm ready all right, you better be ready because you had a week of vacation. You had plenty of time. How was your trip, man? Dude, it was amazing. It was much needed. I tried to stay off my phone as much as possible, and it was probably the most relaxing vacation I've had in years. Yeah, you look very relaxed. You look like a 70s porn star, very relaxed right now. You're rocking that stash. I, I, I can respect it. You know, the facial hair game, you know, it's a tough business. See, I, I can't grow that part. I can only grow the stash part, so I just shave it all off and just leave the stash. See, here, I'll make you a deal. The next time I have to shave, what I'll do is I'll send you kind of like the scraps, and then you can just kind of like reattach, kind of fill in the gaps from there. I think you'll have a full beard by that point. Oh, 100%. I would, I'd do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> all right, man. Well, another week in the books. How was your fantasy happenings this week? Any big games? Any upsets? How'd you end up doing? I mean, I've won almost all leagues but one so far. So starting off the season high, two and one in the majority of my leagues. Okay, that's definitely a good start. That's kind of like more or less where I'm at. I'm glad to be on the two and one side of things as opposed to the turmoil of being 0-3. Thankfully, no 0-3 starts in any of my leagues. I do have one, one and two, but that, you know, two QB league, eight team league, it's kind of like one of those things where everyone has stacked rosters every now and then someone's going to pop off, but I'm at least glad that I'm at the top of the scoring boards of each and every one so far to this point. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, just even just getting one win, as long as you're not 0-3, you're you're solid right now. 0-3 is probably the worst thing that can happen right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny like uh but in preparation for this episode i guess uh so my roommate just threw on the league you know a show i haven't seen in a while and i've had a lot of youtube clips of it started surfacing on my like feed recently and it kind of had me thinking what would be kind of like a fun thing to start this off which league character did you most relate to whenever you were watching that show oh god that's a tough one i was i would say either ruxin or maybe pete I think Ruxin is the shining star in the entire show. As I kind of like watch, he just has the most quotable, best moments. Like anytime something just really making me laugh out loud, Nick Kroll definitely killed it in that Ruxin role looking back at it. Oh no, he absolutely dominated that role. He's one of the best characters that he's ever done. 
I think one that I relate to a lot is Kevin, because Kevin's obviously the commissioner, right? And in the league of record, the league I'm most involved in and run. So I had a very early title win and I have been on a dry streak in that league for a little bit. I come close. I've been in the finals like three separate times since then, but I always just make one little stupid tweak at the end that ends up costing me the chip. And I I just feel like I'm in this perennial rut in that league. I feel like I'm Kevin, I feel like I got to bust the slump there <laughs> to get off that oh, yeah. slide. See, I, I felt like I was peed a little bit because there's times where I'm like, oh, I've won the league like two years in a row. And then I, four years later, I'm on like, oh, don't make the playoffs. Or you barely make the scrape in the playoffs and make the finals. I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to run off a little dynasty. Haven't had too much of that. I'm just happy if I'm consistently at the top of my leaderboard. I, I think that that says a lot as far as being involved in the league. If you're at least at the top of your scorings, it's a little bit of a pride thing to walk away from. That's how I kind of like look at it. Oh, yeah, I, I feel you on that. I definitely do the same exact thing. Like, if I'm just leading and scoring, like, you know, it means I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah, if you're leading and scoring, you're going to win most often. You know, really, the only thing that's going to fuck with you is if you're playing an opponent that just happens to pop off any particular week. And that's just going to happen because that's where the luck element of fantasy football, unfortunately, comes into play. It's like Fort Minor said, it's 10% luck, 20% skill, da 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 fortune and will or something like that it's 2001 i can't remember that song completely come on folks give me a little break <laughs> yeah no i'm with you i haven't heard that song in like 10 years so every little movie you, you get that b and everyone's like oh my god it's for minor and stuff like that i was like yeah it's in every like inspirational movie now. <laughs> inspirational movie i gotta add it back on the workout playlist to really get the pumping those weights you know what i mean oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent Hey, let's get into it. You know, we want to make sure that our listeners are at the top of their scoring boards. We want to make sure you're at the top of your league. And we want to make sure that in week 17, 18, wherever your championship week is, that you are in it and you are about to win it. We're going to start off first at that quarterback position. So as you know, we've been going through the top 12 since we got Drew back on the podcast off of his nice, refreshing week of vacation. We're going to be going through his rankings and comparing it to the actual top 12 and seeing who we should be kind of keeping our eyes on, who you should start bailing. We have three weeks of data at this point. So now we can start talking. Are these guys bench candidates? Are they cut candidates? Where do they need to be prioritized on your roster? So quarterbacks, let's start from the top. Josh Allen, good to see him back in the top 12. Two slow weeks. And Josh Allen is back at the top of the leaderboard. 358 yards, four touchdowns, tearing apart that Washington defense, who is probably a little bit overrated at this point. And we'll get more into that soon. Justin Herbert with a 30-point performance, 281 yards, four touchdowns. Again, he was struggling too, so he is back. Matthew Stafford, he never left. 343 yards, four touchdowns on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not an easy feat, but not far behind him was his opposition. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, 432 yards and a touchdown. Not Tom Brady's most impressive week from a touchdown standpoint, but enough to keep him in that top four. Sam Darnold at number five. Sam's turning things around. Definitely a top waiver priority ad this week. 304 yards. He had two rushing touchdowns. So if you were a Chuba Hubbard owner, if you were a CMC owner, and you know you have more than enough reasons to cry as a CMC owner, Sam Darnold taking away two touchdowns from you. That definitely stings a little bit. Kirk 
Cousins at number six, 323 yards, three touchdowns. Kirk had a great week against Seattle. Definitely a great streaming matchup. And he's actually had a good season so far at this point. At number seven, as consistent as they come, Patrick Mahomes. He hasn't finished as a top QB one any of these three weeks, but he's consistently been in that top seven. And that's why you invested the high draft pick in him. 280 yards, three touchdowns, a couple picks and 45 yards on the ground. So not the best day from Patrick Mahomes, but not the worst. Ryan Tannehill with a rebound performance. 197 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Derek Carr at nine, 386, two touchdowns and a pick. Taylor Heineke, garbage time key here, 212 yards, two touchdowns, two picks and a rushing touchdown to go along with it. Jalen Hurts remains in the top 12 for another week with 326 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions, 35 yards on the ground. And Jacoby Prissett, a surprise top 12 finisher this week. 215 yards and a rushing score. Okay, Drew, out of that list, who are you most surprised to see on here? More surprised to see a guy like Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he had to step in and take on that backup role over to Tagovailoa, and he stepped in. And he didn't do too bad, you know. It's not the offensive line that he had in Indianapolis where he was very well protected. It's a little bit of a shaky offensive line, but he performed better than I honestly thought he would. And I picked him up in my dynasty league because I need that secondary quarterback in my super flex spot. And I was like, okay, trying to pay attention to him. I was like, okay, he's only got like three points, four points. So he's going to be like this for maybe a week or two before he finally gets up there a little bit. And come to my surprise, when I come back to check my the end of the game or whatever, he's got like 18, 19 points. I'm like, okay, he didn't do too bad. I was like, I was very, very surprised. And so Jacoby Brissett was honestly one of the better pickups I had in this dynasty league so far. Is it finally time we start giving a little bit more respect to Derek Carr? Because this is going to be, once again, another top 10 finish for him. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the way that he's been playing as of late, he's been very phenomenal. I mean, he went out there, he beat Baltimore. He's showing that he's got what it takes to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And I mean, as of right now, he's an MVP candidate to some. I mean, he's playing very well. He's leading the Vegas Raiders to a 3-0 start. And it's great to see that teams like Kansas City are in dead last right now in the AFC West. And great to see that. And it's great to see Derek Carr just proving everybody wrong that okay Derek Carr is an average quarterback or maybe even a below average quarterback and here he is he's like no 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 I'm good look at me like and it's not just him throwing to Darren Waller either because I've heard that a couple of times like well it's because he's got Darren Waller you can throw it to him he's spreading the ball around quite well I eh, don't really care it's fantasy I, I'm whoever he's going through as long as he's throwing the ball that's the important thing and the thing is too does he really care? No. Why? Because he's chalking up W's on the board. And that's what matters to him more is it doesn't matter who he throws to. As long as there's a W next to the Las Vegas Raiders name, that's all that matters. Okay, Kirk Cousins. So this week he is going against Cleveland. He is currently the quarterback four on the year. Is he someone that should be in fantasy lineups next week? I want him to be. But the way that the Browns defense played this past weekend against Chicago with nine sacks with Miles Garrett getting four and a half, it's going to be a tough one because if you thought the Bears O-line was awful, the Vikings offensive line isn't much better. <laughs> and if you have Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett just screaming off the edges together, it's not going to be a fun day for Kirk Cousins. But I mean, he's a veteran. Uh, he's not a rookie. Give me a ranking. So he Give you a ranking. He's a QB one in my books right now. Okay, so the way you're kind of like talking about him, what we're talking maybe 10, 12, 9. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that four on the year right now. At least for this game specifically, I'd put him as an eight to 10 range. 
because it is a difficult defensive matchup. But overall, I mean, I think four is a perfect spot for him. Okay, fantastic. Let's see who else we got going on this list. The Sam Darnold, like I mentioned, he's up here right now. Uh, played Houston, the Panthers this week. They're going against the Cowboys. Sam Darnold, where would you think that off the top of your head, you're putting him rankings-wise? Off the top of my head, he's a top 10 quarterback. I mean, he's playing really well. I can see him being a mid-range, you know, like an 8, 9, 10 range quarterback, you know, maybe yeah. the back towards the back end of the top 10 because he looks so good ever since he left New York. And it's just like what we said about Ryan Tannehill leaving Adam Gase when, you know, Sam Darnold left Adam Gase to go to Carolina. He revived his career, so at least so far. And he's looking very, very good. So I'd put him in the back end of the top 10. You don't think Christian McCaffrey being out this week hurts him? No. I mean, he's been throwing the ball really well. And one guy is not going to kill the momentum, even though the one guy is getting all the plays pretty much. But... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, he's done a good job finding DJ Moore. He does have weapons there. In fact, I guess what you would say is probably without Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, they might be in a position where they do have to throw more. So maybe that is a more of a benefit for Sam going into this game against Dallas. Okay, well, that is who was in the top 12. Now let's look at your rankings, kind of like see some names that fell shy of that. You had Kyle Murray as the number one fantasy quarterback this week. Playing Jacksonville, it makes a lot of sense, right? Kyler Murray didn't exactly live up to expectations. On the week, he finishes quarterback 15. So not a huge drop-off, but certainly, come on. Jacksonville should be a cakewalk matchup. Are you concerned about potential inconsistencies from Kyler Murray moving forward? Because this is kind of what we saw last year. They would play down to their opponent, and we would have kind of these oddball weeks. Do you think that he writes the ship this week going against the Rams? By the way, fun fact to throw in here, Sean McVay, 6-0 and against the Cardinals in his coaching career yeah and I mean it's the consistency so Kyler Murray like you said he went I thought you know QB1 the number one quarterback going against Jacksonville more or less everybody who plays Jacksonville is going to be the number one I thought it'd be easy and like you said he played down to their opponents and he tends to do that and I don't necessarily blame him for that I necessarily blame the offensive line and Cliff Kingsbury most of all because he puts Kyler Murray in those positions and he put Kyler Murray in almost a position to fail against Jacksonville because Jacksonville almost won. And so it's it's one of those situations where for Kyler, he's looking at Cliff Kingsbury like, dude, what the hell are you doing to me? Like, this is Jacksonville. We should be winning 41 nothing at this point. <laughs> like, DeAndre Hopkins had one of the worst games I've ever seen him have. And it's one of those things where it's going to be like the all season long where Cliff Kingsbury is going to put Kyler Murray in these positions where, especially against these weaker teams, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy to, oh, he's like a QB 25 this week. It's all depending on their coaching staff. Now, Jameis Winston was a popular waiver wire ad after week one against the Packers, but against the Carolina Panthers, shit the bed. And then going into this past weekend against New England, he finishes quarterback 23. Now, they play the Giants this week. Would you be comfortable rolling out Jameis Winston as your quarterback one for the week? I wouldn't. Just for the fact that it's Jameis Winston and there's times where he's throwing for 300 yards and five touchdowns and then there's the next day he's throwing 100 yards and five interceptions. So you you really don't know what Jameis Winston you're going to get each and every week because like this past week, solid performance. But against the Giants could be a good chance where he throws three, four interceptions. So for me, it's he's a little skeptical and he's a little sketchy, but that doesn't mean bench him or don't trust him. Like you can trust him, but you don't know what Jameis Winston you're going to get. 
Fair point. Um, at this point, is there any reason for guys like Matt Ryan or Ben Roethlisberger to be owned? I'm starting to fade on them a lot. And as a Matt Ryan owner in my dynasty league, I'm really thinking about just moving on from him, maybe trying to find a trade or something or, you know, whatever I can to do to get rid of him. Because like, again, necessarily it's not Matt Ryan's fault. The offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL and he's just getting clobbered at left and right and center. But also too, and he's one of those quarterbacks that I noticed this over the last few years. One year he does really well. The next year he drops completely. And next year he's back and he's doing really well. And then the next year he's, you know, he's back and forth. And this year he's on that down year. And honestly, he's just getting a lot older. And same with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, there's nobody around him. He just slips and throws the ball straight into the ground when there's no one within 10 yards of him. It's like, okay, dude, you really should have retired at the end of the last year. Like you're sitting there throwing the ball right to a defensive lineman who's barely even charging at you. And you just throw the ball right into his chest. It's like, do you know what you're doing anymore? And Roethlisberger to me looks clueless out there. And Matt Ryan is not too far behind him. Okay, the rookie class, the rookie quarterbacks have been a point of contention this year as they have definitely not lived up to expectations. Mm-hmm. Is there any point of having these guys on your roster? Is there any still stash ability for guys like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, or even believers and Trey Lance? Yeah, you could stash him. Like, guys that I like a lot are Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I like him a lot. I think he could be really good. I especially liked him this past week, when, even though they lost to Green Bay. You know, I saw the play where Jimmy Garoppolo was struggling in the red zone, and then Trey Lance just comes in and just runs the ball into the end zone. Like, dude, was that really all that difficult? But if you need the roster spot right now, because a lot of people are hurting at running back, yeah. and wide receiver has been a little bit of a mess this year. Are you comfortable cutting these guys that you've been holding on to, especially Fields and Lance? Yeah, 100%. Right now, they're not in a position to be on your roster. Trey Lance, obviously, he's still going to be behind Jimmy Garoppolo until they figure out what to do with him. Justin Fields, until Matt Nagy changes the scheme to fit Justin Fields' play style, he's going to be a disaster. So if you need any other positional needs, don't be afraid to cut those guys. I just realized Taylor Heineke this week, so I I brushed over him as a top 10 finisher last week against the Bills, mostly garbage time. But going against the Falcons, that is a tantalizing matchup. Would you rank Taylor Heineke as a top 10 option this week, given Atlanta's uh, ability to allow points to the quarterback position? You could definitely make him a top 10 quarterback this week against Atlanta. Like you said, Atlanta gives up a lot of points to the quarterback position. And also, too, this is a good chance for Terry McLaurin to have a big bounce back game as well so this week against Atlanta you can definitely see a Taylor Heineke and a Terry McLaurin show for sure one point of disappointment from week three here was I had Daniel Jones in a lineup because hey Falcons makes a lot of sense Daniel Jones 16 points I guess I can live with it but you disappointed me Daniel Danny Dimes I am very disappointed in you sir like both New York and uh, Gettleman and Joe Judge and yeah the entire tri-state area of New York but anyway, any other quarterback notes, any other things that you took away from the weekend? In particular, I guess you watched the Browns and Bears game intently. Justin Fields, so we talked about stashing guys. Would you buy the dip on Justin Fields if you had the roster spot? Would you go in and try and get him in hopes that he turns things around the rest of the year? My answer is no. And 
the fact of the matter is it's because of Matt Nagy. I mean, just watching the scheme of Matt Nagy, he still had the scheme he had five years ago when the Bears were, what, 11-5 and five and Cody Parkey missed the field goal by doinking it off the post. Yeah, that scheme worked with Mitch Trubisky, but you have a guy who can not only throw the ball really well, but he can run. And you're putting him in such bad positions where he's got to figure out what to do on his own and – he looked so. It looked like he was scared out there because he's seeing Miles Garrett just chasing him down and Jadavion Clowney chasing with Miles Garrett. And so for him, he's probably seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold was, you know, the past year or the year before. You know, and it's I feel bad for the Porky because I love Justin Fields a lot, especially when he played for Ohio State. But he's looking at this like, damn, I don't have the offensive line like I did at Ohio State that I can sit there and, you know, allow me to protect me or they fit the scheme to where, okay, there's no open play. Okay, I just immediately run and get. 10 yards Matt Nagy's like no no you sit there and you die that's that's the game plan <laughs> you know the funny part about it is I heard a stat that Andy Dalton had more rushing yards though in one, week one and week two than Justin Fields in week three and for Justin Fields one thing that we we're buying the pot of goods on was the fact that he had this rushing ability this ability to scramble get outside we didn't see any of that in that performance against the Browns and it kind of worries me about his long-term future. Now, I know there's a lot of people that were doubting his ability based off his um, propensity to hold on to the ball. And when you think about the sacks that he took against Cleveland, you kind of wonder if there was a little bit of that, how much of it was the offensive line. Because, yes, yeah, Chicago does have a bad offensive line. But if he's holding on to the ball, he's not decisive. Then I will say that Matt Nagy may have a case for him not being NFL ready at this moment. Andy Dalton, a bone bruise, is typically a multi-week injury. I'm hearing that they're warming up Nick Foles at this point. Unfortunately, I think the genie's out of the uh, whatever the magic lamp, as they say. So you just kind of have to throw Justin Fields out there to the wolves uh, this week. The bears face the lions. So it is a little bit more of a softer landing spot. Ideally Justin Fields against the lions, uh, even as a top 24 quarterback play, doesn't sound too tantalizing moving forward as well. Okay, well, I think that's a good rule wrap there on the quarterback position. Let's start moving on to the running backs. Let's talk, take a look at the top 12 running backs here. Ezekiel Elliott. Way to go, Zeke. Back from the dead. I know everyone was talking about the Tony Pollard situation. He did have about 60 yards, so he was still involved. But Zeke took advantage of his opportunities, landing in the end zone twice. You love to see that. 95 yards, three receptions for him. Kareem Hunt finishes the running back two on the week. Kareem Hunt, 81 yards, a touchdown, six receptions, elevating his value. James Robinson. Okay, so James Robinson at three. I'll be honest, in one league, it was a little bit more of a shallower league. I cut him because I was not a believer in the Jags offense and against Arizona he took advantage keep that in mind moving forward if you have a running back going against Arizona but James Robinson on the week 88 yards and a touchdown six receptions elevating his day a surprise finisher here Peyton Barber 111 yards a touchdown three receptions 31 yards right behind him the rook Najee Harris with an incredible day 19 targets, Darren Waller S, 14 receptions for 102 yards, no touchdown, but those receptions are more than enough to elevate Najee Harris into the top five. At number six, DeAndre Swift. And what's almost a 50-50 timeshare, DeAndre Swift is still shining. 47 yards, a touchdown, seven receptions for 60 yards. DeAndre Swift is definitely a affirmed running back one as it appears in this Lions offense. Alexander Madison at seven, 112 yards, six receptions for 59 yards, filling in nicely for Delvin Cook. Now, of course, you have to keep in mind what Delvin Cook's status is moving throughout the week. 
But if you have Alexander Madison and Cook is out, even against Cleveland, I think he is a start. Austin Eckler at eight, six receptions, 52 yards and a touchdown, a very Austin Eckler type day. He had 11 rushing attempts for 55 yards. Definitely, you know, just the consistency of the volume of the offense is why you're starting Austin Eckler. Alvin Kamara at nine, never coming out of your lineup either way. 24 attempts, 89 yards, three receptions, 29 yards and a touchdown. Good to see him more involved coming off last week where he had a miserable five total yards. So Alvin Kamara is back, folks. Uh, Saquon Barkley had his best week of the season it came against Atlanta so that is an asterisk mark there but hopefully it's a sign of better things to come for Saquon 51 yards a touchdown six receptions for 43 yards so the touches were there at 11, you had Derrick Henry, 113 yards on 28 attempts and three receptions. So funny stat about Derrick Henry. He is already on pace to break his career high in receptions. I believe he has about like 12 on the year. And I want to say that his season high in the past was like somewhere around 16. I may be wrong about the exact specifics of those numbers, but just know that he is far and away on his most involved passing season receptions wise in his career, which is great if you're a Derrick Henry owner, because that's never been a part of his game. At number 12, rounding it out, James Conner, 11 attempts, 43 yards and two touchdowns. So his day is definitely elevated by falling in the end zone a couple times. I don't think he's as much of a play going against the Rams this weekend. If you're in a position where you have to start James Conner, you just got to do what you got to do. All right, Drew. So that's a lot of names here. A couple surprises. Which of these guys were you most relieved to see finish in the top 12? Because it's been rough goings for some of these guys. I mean, for me, the most relieved was Alvin Kamara, because like you said last week, he had such a piss poor day of only five total yards. And then he really got a bag this week or this past week. So he looked really, really good. And it's great to see him get back into what he usually does. And that's just dominate the game. I am really relieved to see Zeke here, at, particularly at number one. Because mm -hmm. uh, last week against the Chargers, you can run on the Chargers. So I kind of wrote that one off. But against a tough Philly run defense, or at least what I thought was a tough Philly run defense, Zeke had a great day. This is probably Zeke's best showing in a while. And yeah, he elevated by a couple touchdowns, sure. But the fact that Tony Pollard isn't slowing him down and potentially even helping him, because like I said, Tony Pollard had a few yards himself. Tony Pollard wasn't completely out of this offense. I think maybe we're in luck if you're on a Cowboys running back because there's the potential that they can make each other better. Similar situations, of course, to the Cleveland backfield currently in the Saints backfield from years ago. Mike McCarthy has shown that he likes to rotate his running backs. And if it keeps Zeke looking fresher throughout the season, I think I'm starting to buy in a little bit into that moving forward next week again Cowboys face the Panthers uh, Zeke's locked and loaded either way for you but I think it's good to see him back here now Saquon I mentioned it we were worried about him for the last couple of weeks uh, Saquon finishing well outside of the top 12 and even outside of the top 24 now he finishes as the number 10 back on the week against the Falcons but next week he goes against the Saints Saquon Barkley what are you doing with him against the Saints tough run defense here it's all dependent on your roster so it's hard to say just instantly start sit here but if you have better options would you consider benching Saquon if I have better options I would bench him but if you only have maybe one or two better options then he's not a bad flex spot either and depending on how many flex positions you have you can just easily throw him or the other guys in the flex so 
Either way, I mean, I like Saquon playing just because he is a very intelligent running back. He knows where to find the holes. He knows where, what he's doing. But if you have those better options, obviously you want to go with those better options. Okay, where would you put Saquon ceiling at against this team? What do you think that his high end is? So against the Saints is a tough one because, like you said, the Saints have one of the better run defenses in the NFL. I wouldn't have him in the top 10 just for the fact that it is a very, very difficult matchup, and he is trying to progress to where he used to be before, obviously, all the injuries and stuff like that. He is coming back from a major injury again for the second time in a row. I wouldn't have him in the top 10 against the Saints. Let's talk about Jonathan Taylor here. So Jonathan Taylor has been a major disappointment for his owners throughout this season. Right now, it doesn't appear that the Colts are doing much to really get him involved. You know, Naheem Hines is coming in on third downs and Carson Wentz has been average, mediocre, not anywhere the quarterback that they traded multiple picks to acquire. Are you trying to trade away Jonathan Taylor if you can? Because... At this point, his value couldn't be any lower. If you can get him out of your team for at least a decent value and get something back from it, I would say do it because you can probably get something solid back in return. Maybe another decent running back to replace him or maybe if you need receivers or whatever or at least another solid tight end or whatever you need. Jonathan Taylor, people are going to eat that up because they're like, wow, this guy wants to get rid of Jonathan Taylor. And so they're going to eat that up and they're going to be like, yeah, I'll give you this guy or whatever. I'll give you a couple of draft picks in this guy. So if you can get rid of him and you know, you could still get some good value out of them uh, in trades because for me as a Naeem Hines owner, I'm loving this every single moment because I could just keep starting Naeem Hines and he just keeps popping off for me. And it's like, look, Jonathan Taylor is not playing the best at all as of right now. And, you know, they're not really doing anything to help it in Indianapolis. And Hines is taking all the points away from him and taking a lot of, uh, taking a good chunk of those snaps as well. And now with Marlon Mack requesting a trade from Indianapolis, that just gives Hines just a lot more opportunity. And unless Jonathan Taylor starts picking it up, I, I would say go ahead and trade him for some value. Is he a bench candidate against Miami this weekend? You can start him, but I, like I said, I probably start Naeem Hines because also, too, with Naeem Hines, he gets a lot of those receptions, too. And those receptions don't go to Taylor. They go to Hines. Hmm. And like you said, he comes in on third downs. So As far as the Niners' backfield, the Niners' backfield is a tough one at the moment. Uh, Trey Sermon did score a touchdown uh, to elevate his fantasy day, only 31 yards on 10 attempts. Elijah Mitchell was battling back from a shoulder injury last week that caused him to be inactive. Is Elijah Mitchell the only one worth starting? No. No? So you're just passing entirely on the Niners' backfield. Yeah, unfortunately, just so many injuries that I have to pass on them. Yeah, I I think they've reached a point where next man up can only go so far. And they, they just really need these guys to stay healthy. Now, if Elijah Mitchell can bounce back this week, play against Seattle and look good, I think that that's going to be the guy that you're going to want to own moving forward. I think Trey Sermon has just shown that he's not a great fit as it turned out for the Niners offense. He just refuses to just hit the hole, which is what the zone blocking scheme is built upon. And I think that this is maybe Kyle Shanahan just saying that he's lost faith in that pick. I'm sorry to the Buckeyes fan here on the podcast, but uh, your boy just hasn't really turned out this year at all for us. Uh, What about the Broncos backfield? Let's talk about that one a little bit. 
So Melvin Gordon has had success here um, through the early weeks, and it seems to be a pretty even split. Uh, This week, Javante Williams finished as the running back 24, and Melvin Gordon finished at the running back 20 spot. If you had to put your cards in, who do you think is going to have the better performance for them against the Ravens? I like Javante Williams a lot. And I think he could have a better performance than Melvin Gordon. Now, this is going to be a true testament for both guys because obviously the Broncos played the three easiest teams in the NFL. So, you know, I don't think that was a true testament to either one of those guys' games. But I truly think I like Javante Williams, in my opinion, a little bit better than I would Melvin Gordon. Okay. Raiders backfield. If we have another week in which uh, Josh Jacobs is ruled out, are you starting Kenyon Drake or Peyton Barber? Peyton Barber, 100%. Peyton Barber had had a phenomenal week this past week, and I just don't see Kenyon Drake surpassing him at all. I, I like Peyton Barber's game a lot. And, I mean, I just watching Kenyon Drake's old film when he was in Arizona, he didn't look all that dynamic. Uh, he didn't look all that great. There's games where he had big flashes, but you can't just depend on small flashes here and there. And Peyton Barber just stepped in and said, I'm going to take over this number two running back role. And so when Josh Jacobs is out, it's my time. And so I think it's Payne Barber's time. Any other thoughts on the running back position before we move on? Anyone that's been letting you down that you kind of want to throw out there? At least for me specifically, I haven't really had anybody let me down as of yet. I'm still waiting for that one running back to just completely destroy me. (laughs) And obviously it's going to be Christian McCaffrey because I'm in a best ball league. So Okay, let's talk about that one actually. Uh, Christian (laughs) McCaffrey is out. What's your confidence level in Chuba Hubbard to be that guy to fill in? What do you think of Chuba Hubbard? Where does he rank? Is he a top 12 guy? Is he more top 24? Are we just assuming that he's just going to get the entirety of the Christian McCaffrey workload because I'm picking in Royce Freeman just in case. Uh, Royce Freeman actually looked decent in the preseason for the Panthers. I don't really think you could go wrong with either kind of guy in Royce Freeman or Chubba Hubbard. I think at this point in time, uh, depending on what Matt Rule does, he could split the carries and split, you know, the possession between both of those guys. Um, I, I guess in reality, it all just kind of depends on what he does with both of them. It's either split the carries or Chuba Hubbard gets a lot of them and gets the bulk of Christian McCaffrey's load. I think Chuba Hubbard could be a top 24. He could easily sneak in there maybe, but I wouldn't rule out, you know, both guys getting split carries. Congratulations to you if you have a Chuba Hubbard in your lineups or on your bench, because obviously it's sucks obviously Christian McCaffrey fantasy superstar Christian McCaffrey out again in a hamstring injury even when he does come back which I've heard timelines range from a couple weeks because they haven't placed him on the short-term IR to potentially as much as eight weeks either way hamstring injuries are terrible because as we know it is very easy to re-injure him think Adam Thielen a couple years ago when it ruined his fantasy season yeah and coming from someone who's messed up a hamstring or two yeah, it, it definitely sucks in real life, too. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, trust me. I feel that one as a soccer player. You know, <laughs> that hamstring injury is not the best feeling in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about these wide receivers here. So starting up at the top, fantasy superstar Mike Williams. Nine targets, seven receptions, 122 yards, and two scores. Mike Williams consistently finishing in the top 10 over the last three weeks. Seems to be Justin Herbert's favorite target on the year. Mike Williams, only thing that's hurt him is been injury history. So hopefully he keeps it up. At number two, Cooper Cup, 12 targets, nine receptions, 96 yards, and two touchdowns. 
At number three, we have Devontae Adams, 12 targets, 132 yards, and a touchdown. And then our first real surprise is going to be Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver four. Emmanuel Sanders, five receptions, 94 yards, and two touchdowns to elevate his day. Justin Jefferson, nice to see you. Welcome into the top 12 for the first time this year. You had, sir, nine receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown, tearing apart that Seattle secondary. So good job to you, my friend. Uh, Jamar Chase at six, four receptions. 65 yards and two touchdowns. Want to know a fun stat, Drew? How many total touchdowns does this rookie class have? Uh, We'll go 15. You're going to have to go lower than that because the number is seven total touchdowns by rookie wide receivers on the year. And want to know how many Jamar Chase has this year? Four. Four. Yep. So more than 50% of the total touchdowns by rookie wide receivers, Jamar Chase is showing that he is in fact still Joe Burrow's favorite target. That college ties actually paid off the high draft pick actually paid off. And yes, it would probably been nice for Joe Burrow's long-term health at Penny Sewell, but he's certainly doing well with Jamar Chase in his locker room. At number seven, DK Metcalf finishing as the top Seattle wide receiver on the week. Six receptions, 170 yards and a touchdown. Good to see that he came back from that that slight knee bump last week to have a solid fantasy day at number eight a absolute fantasy zombie an old term that i remember hearing on the fantasy focus back in the day the sean jackson three receptions 120 yards and a touchdown uh so the rams offense is definitely one that does have those big play capabilities and Deshaun jackson was the beneficiary this week i don't expect that to be something you could count out consistently considering that van jefferson's in that offense and robert woods who we'll probably talk about hasn't really got going but Deshaun jackson making an appearance in the top eight at number nine kendrick bourne finishing with six receptions 96 yards and a touchdown 10 chris godwin six receptions 74 yards and a rushing touchdown dj moore sam Darnold's favorite target we talked about sam Darnold being a top five fantasy quarterback on the week well that's because he has dj moore to throw to eight receptions 126 yards on 12 targets definitely gain a big majority of the work rounding out the top 12 hunter renfro with five receptions 77 yards and a touchdown okay drew let's see here let's see here i guess my main question with emmanuel sanders is mostly going to be him versus cole beasley who would you rather own the rest of the year because they both do similar type things in this offense for josh allen since they do the similar type of things for Josh Allen, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter to me. You can go either route. Uh, Are I both startable? No, I don't think so. <laughs> the main target, obviously, is going to be Stephon Diggs. Always will be Stephon Diggs. Uh, right now, Stephon Diggs didn't have the best week and isn't having the best season. Not not that I'm saying that Stephon Diggs is anything short of a wide receiver one, but oh, you know, yeah, I think that that is something to consider here. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders for me has always been a decent wide receiver and I like Emmanuel Sanders a lot. Cole Beasley's always been good, especially when he was in Dallas and now in Buffalo. I mean, it depends. I mean, Josh Allen likes to spread the ball out quite a bit. I mean, look at Dawson Knox, the tight end. He had a lot of receptions and, you know, he had a touchdown or two the other week this past week so i mean it it depends on who josh allen i guess feels like going to when stefan Diggs isn't open and for me personally i like emmanuel sanders a lot i had him and i had him on my bench didn't think he would pop off but he did so if i had to pick one yeah cole beasley is a very very reliable receiver but i think emmanuel sanders has a more would have more breakout performances than cole beasley would robert woods and the reason i'm mentioning robert woods is because i see two rams wide receivers on this list 
Mm-hmm. And Robert Woods has been outside of the wide receiver 40 range on this entire season. And he certainly has been on every single week so far this year. Is Robert Woods a must bench at this point? For me, it's uh, in consideration because I, I'm a Robert Woods fantasy owner in multiple leagues. And I sit there and I'm contemplating as of right now, do I put him on my bench? And do I replace him with someone else from my bench? And so I think it's slowly starting to come in consideration there's a lot of weapons that Matt Stafford has gone to obviously he's gone to Cooper Cup quite a bit and Cooper Cup has shown to be his favorite target uh you gotta remember he's got Tyler Higby who he likes to go to quite a bit as well you know Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson have gotten a lot of love as well and so Robert Woods has kind of been like that odd man out it's almost like what we've seen at the Tampa Bay wide receiver core where for the first few weeks Mike Evans was the odd man out and the ball is going to Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin and to other people do I say give up on him? I wouldn't say completely give up on him, but he could be a guy you consider just throwing him on your bench until he starts getting some production. Okay, the Raiders, we mentioned Derek Carr earlier, Hunter Renfro finishing in the top 12, Henry Ruggs the third finished in the top 12 last week, Henry Ruggs finished at wide receiver 33, and Brian Edwards uh, slotting in at, just behind him at wide receiver 34. Rank the Las Vegas Raiders wide receivers for me. Moving forward, rest of the season rest of the season okay so Hunter Renfro definitely he's a guy who could be top 15 top 20 Henry Ruggs is a top 25 the other guy is perfectly where he's at and you know the 34 35 range Um, okay so you're going Renfro Ruggs Edwards as that wide receiving core moving forward okay fair enough that's a decent ranking for him I am more of a Brian Edwards believer just because he had success last year and we're starting to see Henry Ruggs develop this year he obviously has that big play threat ability to take the top off the defense I would probably lean a little bit different from you I might go Edwards Renfro Ruggs and why believe in that because I think the week-to-week consistency for Ruggs Mm -hmm. is not necessarily going to be there as someone who has a little bit more boom and bust. Um, whereas why I believe Renfro fits right in that middle is just he has the highest possible floor of these guys because he gets that, those receptions. He gives about five to six targets a week. And you could manage with that if you're putting that at your flex. And I think you'd like to have someone with a little bit more upside. The way they were talking about Brian Edwards in the offseason is TO 2.0, which I know is a lofty thing to say about a wide receiver. But The fact that he has been involved, the main thing is he's just been involved late in games. I would like to see more work from him earlier in the game. For example, this week here against Miami, you really didn't see targets until the fourth quarter and eventual overtime. They did the same thing with him against the Ravens. I think the key for the Raiders offense to be a little bit more balanced moving forward is to see more of Brian Edwards early, to even see more of Henry Ruggs early because Darren Waller is getting a lot of the first and second work. I I think, heck, if you could throw out this rankings in there too, Darren Waller is one above all the wide receivers right now on the Raiders roster. Okay, let's talk about some other names here. Uh, So with the injuries for the Broncos, Jerry Judy out, KJ Hamler just got ruled out for the rest of the year. Uh, I imagine you're probably ranked Cortland Sutton ahead of Tim Patrick, but both of these guys are going to see an uptick in targets. Uh, Can both Broncos wide receivers finish as top 24 wide receivers on the year? I could see Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick being 
in the top 24. Tim Patrick has definitely stepped up in a big role this past week, especially when KJ Hammer did go out. Tim Patrick stepped up quite nicely. And Cortland Sun, he didn't have that fantastic of a game, I know, but I mean, he's still a very reliable receiver. I mean, we have to remember he was a number one before Jerry Judy came into play. And whenever a receiver goes out, he's going to be the number one guy. So when Judy does go out, Cortland Sun's number one. And then Tim Patrick's number two. But Tim Patrick, he's not one of those guys that is just, you know, a wide receiver three on, on the team roster. And he's just like, uh, he's just an average guy. He's actually a really good receiver. And I, I've picked him up in a league or two. And he's done a number of things. So if you can get Tim Patrick, please get Tim Patrick. I'm sure he's available. Uh, people are probably getting them as of right now. I would say now is the time to hurry up and try and get him before someone else does. Brandon Cooks. So this man has been basically quarterback proof at this point. Uh, Davis Mills, he had a big day with him. He finished at wide receiver 13, so just outside of the top 12, but has been consistently within that top 12, within that top 24. Brandon Cooks, is he a wide receiver? One, firmly for folks, regardless of Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor, or hell if Deshaun Watson decides to come out and play. I mean, yeah. For me, he is a wide receiver one. I mean, then why do you hate him, Drew? I notice a lack of Brandon Cooks in your rankings. Because I always I always torture myself and I don't go with my gut too often <laughs> sometimes. And I think, damn, is he really is he going to have a decline, especially with Davis Mills? And I, I guess that's why I keep ranking him so low is because of Davis Mills. But I think my next rankings, I'm just going to go with my gut and just be like, you know what? I have a lot of trust in him. Hey, Davis Mills, the rook is smart. He knows, hey, this guy's my top wide receiver. I'm going to throw his direction and good things will happen. Uh, 112 yards, uh, 11 targets. The target share is there. I I think that's always been the thing with Brandon Cooks. He always has a good baseline. The one thing I always wonder with Cooks is why can't this man just find a home? Why can't he just find a place to stay? Because New Orleans, New England, the Rams, now he's doing with Houston. Just one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL. And yet he's just been bouncing around. And based off Houston's fire sale, I would imagine he's probably going to be on another jersey in due time eventually. Thousand yard receiver, consistent as they come. Brandon Cooks. I guess I also have to ask you, why do you also hate Cooper Cup, man? 13? 13? The comment section was right. I have to agree with the commenter on this one. Cooper Cup has been basically, hell, if I actually look at it for the season, Cooper Cup is the wide receiver one in 2021. Cooper Cup, can you keep that up moving forward? Oh, yeah, 100%. And the reason why why I had him just outside of the top 12 was because of the matchup against Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay has one of the better defenses in the NFL, if not the best defense in the NFL. And I just, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to play it safe. It's a tough matchup. Maybe Matt Stafford struggles this game and something bad happens. Nope. I was an idiot and I was wrong. Matt Stafford proof. Matt Stafford just one off. Cooper Cub just one off. And I definitely didn't make that mistake again. Uh, as before you even called me, I started my rankings again. And I was like, okay, Cooper Cup is not going to get dis- disrespected like this ever again. <laughs> this man is going to consistently be in the top three, no matter what. <laughs> okay. I mean, we talked about it a little bit when we talked about Justin Fields. But one of Justin Fields' top targets here, Allen Robinson, has had a miserable season. I don't care. At this point, we talked about Brandon Cooks being quarterback proof. Allen mm-hmm. Robinson, we used to talk about him being quarterback proof. But the Bears, Matt Nagy, they're really, really pushing that to the point where against Detroit, how can I even look at Allen Robinson and consider him a wide receiver 36 at this point? He's been very bad this year. No, he's been really, really bad. And Can you start I... him against Detroit? Can you roll that dice one more time? I don't think so. 
And I think it's because of Matt Nagy's scheme for Justin Fields. I mean, Detroit is a little bit of a safer play, but for some reason, I just are envisioning that Justin Fields is going to get killed out there. And unless that changes anytime soon, Allen Robinson could be a guy you consider just throwing on your bench because if Justin Fields keeps dying, you know, he's not going to get the targets. He's not going to get the catches. He's not going to get the ball a lot. So I'd put A-Rob as in consideration for benching. The only Bears player I really think even against Detroit that I want to start is David Montgomery start. because yeah the Detroit Lions have been a team that's very favorable against the running game so I, I think that that makes a lot of sense but at wide receiver it's hard to say because if you're getting inconsistent quarterback play you know it might sound crazy but I might trust Allen Robinson more if Nick Foles starts than Justin Fields. And why I'm going to throw that out there is Nick Foles in the past has been a guy that likes to lock on to one guy, likes to lock on to his number one wide receiver. If Justin Fields starts, I might encourage people to consider not starting Allen Robinson. But if Nick Foles does, I know it sounds crazy, but I think Allen Robinson could have his biggest day of the season. Well, I'm going to join you on that crazy train because I'm thinking the same thing. If, if Nick Foles gets that start, I wouldn't hesitate to play Allen Robinson because like you said, he does lock onto his number one and he's going to look Allen Robinson's way. Now Robinson gets the 14 targets, but maybe catch the ball four times, but it's better than 14 targets and no catch and zero catches or, you know, three targets and no catches because your quarterback is in the pocket getting killed. <laughs> the last guy that I'm really going to bring up, actually the last two guys I'm really going to bring up here, AJ Brown. So AJ Brown, uh, he went out with a hamstring injury this week, uh, has underperformed for the majority of the year and we talked about this early on in the process here are we worried about aj brown's ability to produce with julio are we worried about aj brown's ability to produce with uh todd downing as the coordinator we mentioned when we did our little verses of dk metcalf first aj brown now you have to hold on to aj brown for another few weeks obviously he's far from a cut candidate but basically how are you feeling do you think that aj brown could be a top 24 wide receiver even when he returns it's going to be close it's going to be tight i think if he can have a couple games when he does come back that are just really big games, even if it takes away from Julio Jones, I can definitely see it. But I mean, like you said, he's just, he hasn't been good at all this season, really. And I don't think any of the Titans wide receivers have been all that fantastic. And it could be because of the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. And I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where it's just like the bears, you know, the wide receivers aren't really getting much love because, you know, the coaching play is not the greatest. And the only real opportunity you have is if, if you have the running back, either David Montgomery or Derrick Henry. So he can finish in the top 24 if he does come, if he, when he is healthy and he gets a good amount of target shares, but it's, all depending on the coaching aspect too. And people got to remember a lot of fantasy is not just about the player. It's about coaching and, you know, everything else that goes into normal football. So it all starts with the coaching. A fringe start play here, Corey Davis against the Titans. Corey Davis has been down the last couple of weeks after having two touchdowns in week one. Yeah, he's definitely a fringe, uh, especially going up against his old squad. Ooh, are you starting I a just, revenge game narrative? I think you might push I this could. into start start. <laughs> then again, Zach Wilson has been god awful this year so that kind of <laughs> does affect Corey davis in a big way <laughs> yeah, I that's the, what i was gonna exactly say <laughs> i guess though that with that said the titans defense hasn't been awe-inspiring they've been a bad defense yeah Corey davis starts it sit sit I, okay i don't care how bad the titans defense is zach wilson's just god awful so far this season i just can't i can't put Corey davis in my lineup <laughs> Uh, let's see, Kenny Galladay starts sit with uh, the fact that Sterling Shepard and Slater are both going to be out. 
Um, Marshawn Lattimer's been banged up too. Yeah, I, I'd say start. Uh, one last one that I'm going to touch on who's been worrying his owners, uh, Kelvin Ridley. Now, Kelvin Ridley, going back to, again, another versus video we did versus Terry McLaurin. Right now, it's looking ter- like Terry McLaurin came out the better on here. Uh, Kelvin Ridley <laughs> has finished. Let's see where he finished this week. Bad. In fact, uh, right now at this point, it doesn't seem like they're airing the ball out at all. I mean, Matt Ryan has been terrible this year. Do you think that this is going to be his first big week against a Washington defense, which has been the worst third down defense in the league, has uh, allowed 30 plus point games uh, versus the Bills, Giants, and try to think who they played in week one. But either way, they had another poor outing there as well. Ah, San Diego or Los Angeles or whatever, the Chargers. (laughs) Calvin Ridley, top 12 finish. How confident are you in that one? Scale one to 10, 10 being the best. Four. Okay. So you're, you're a little bit down on that one and rightfully so, because uh, it's been a bad showing for the Falcons offense. How much more leeway are you giving guys like Calvin Ridley to be a starter in your lineup? I mean, honestly, this could be the week. Like if he doesn't really perform against a Washington defense, that's been struggling and over as we've seen overrated as of right now, then I'm looking at every single one of the players on the offense, maybe besides Mike Davis as, all right, you got to bench the entire Atlanta Falcons offense. Well, good part for Calvin Ridley is he does face Washington and he does face the Jets next week. So a couple weeks in which he has an opportunity to get right. So if he can perform here, you'd like to start him with confidence next week too against the Jets. Uh, You know, we'll just do again, a quick little recap of tight end. We won't go too in depth of it because it tends to be a little bit of madhouse here. I'm glad to see George Kittle have his first big day of the year, seven receptions, 92 yards, finishing within the top four. And then you have a guy like Dalton Schultz here, 80 yards, two touchdowns. The one thing I'll say about Dalton Schultz is, you know, you just want a piece of this Cowboys offense. Either way, Dalton Schultz is definitely someone that I would consider a tight end one just simply because he has better opportunity than a lot of other situations. Uh, Mike Kosicki finishing up here with 10 receptions, 10 receptions, 12 targets. Is he a top five tight end with Jacoby Brissett in the lineup? Because if he's getting that target share, that's up there with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean... I started Mike Kostecki because I was like, you know what, Jacoby Brissett, that offensive line, that coaching style, he's definitely going to look at Mike Kostecki quite a bit in the dump-off scenario. So I think Kostecki's target shares are going to go way up, and I I, I like him a lot. I I think Mike Kostecki, for at least until Tua comes back, could be basically a top-five tight end. Do you think that you would be willing to offer Kyle Pitts up as a big name in a trade? Because right now it's looking like Kyle Pitts is just a big name at this point. Yeah, he's just a big name at this point. Unless the Falcons could change the entirety of their offense and just revamp it, which I don't see obviously happening at all, then he's just going to be a name until he shows something or something happens. What would be the range of running back or wide receiver you'd be looking for for a Kyle Pitts? I'm thinking somewhere in that running back wide receiver 15 to 30 might be the best case scenario for you in a one-for-one trade. Yeah, I was going more towards like wide receiver running back 20. (laughs) Yeah, so right there, kind of like in that juicy middle might be the best case scenario for you if you're looking for Kyle Pitts. Because at this point, I think you could get replaceable value for Kyle Pitts on the waiver wire at tight end because short of Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, and even Darren Waller had a down week, you're really just throwing darts at the wall at this point. You know how I'll just say this, you know, we don't talk about kickers, but I'll end it with this with a positive kicker shout out here. Uh, Justin Tucker hitting a 66 yard field goal 
I feel like that should be like almost catching the golden snitch in Quidditch that you had a 66 yarder, your entire team just wins. Doesn't even matter if you were down like 50. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like if I see my kicker kicking a ball 66 yards and we're down 30, I'm running on that field and I'm just, we're, we're doing that same celebration where he's sprinting across the field and everyone's chasing him down. Like we could be getting killed and, but that's just impressive. Seeing a guy kick 66 yards. That's, that's hella impressive. Yeah. I mean, who cares if I'm down to Thomas by 50 on mon- heading into Monday night football with only my kicker going, if my kicker hits a 66 yard field goal, then I won the game. That's just yeah. the rules. That's saying that if I'm in a kicker included league, which try as I might, my uh, league mates refuse to eliminate kickers like I would enjoy to. But hey, if you're Justin Tucker, cool for you. You know, you actually did get panned a week late in the comment sections too, because someone was mad that you had Daniel Carlson at 12, as opposed to a top three kicker. So again, shame on you, Drew. Daniel Carlson hate, just irresponsible. Honestly, I think honestly, this guy should be just happy we even rank kickers. <laughs> yeah that's what i see and honestly i, I was thinking about coming guys like dude just be happy we even have kicker rankings up here at this point <laughs> if i don't have justin tucker or harrison bucker i don't care i'll start anyone the only one that i really am upset that i even started was i for a brief time had uh lambo the uh jacksonville kicker and that was just sheerly because i was pointing out a name just turns out that lambo is the absolute lowest end of the kicker position as it turned out so oh wow you live, you learn. And this is why we don't fantasy. do fantasy. Yeah, I was saying this is why we don't do kickers in fantasy football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, Drew. Any closing thoughts on this week? Any other names to talk about? Any other situations that concern you? As of right now, I have none. Uh, no Baker slander, please. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could squeeze that in who the browns face the vikings no actually fuck actually baker might be a great start this week against that vikings yeah, that's what i'm defense. saying he might i could go that, for another hour about might this. be in that top 15 there <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough all right guys well if you enjoyed this episode you'll enjoy the next episode in the episode after that in the episode after that in the episode after that but to enjoy those future episodes you gotta hit that subscribe button you got to leave that five-star review because it helps us as we continue to grow this channel, as we continue to grow our page. The algorithms matter, and so does your votes. Leave that comment section below. Actually, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'd actually be curious, which league character do you most relate to? That could be a full fun little banner there. Uh, yeah. Leave a like on this video. From Juju, from Drew, stay safe, happy, and healthy. We'll see you next time.